Hi, and welcome to Hope for the Family, a podcast from the Magdalene House, a recovery community for alcoholic women. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Dallas, Texas, and known affectionately by many as Maggie's. In this series, recovered family members from our community share how they've been able to find peace and freedom as the loved ones of alcoholics with your host, me, Laurie Evans, also a loved one of an alcoholic. For more information about our family support group, including weekly meetings, please visit magdalenhouse.org forward slash family. We are so glad you're here and thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Laurie Evans and I am the host of Hope for the Family, a podcast that is built and supported by the family support group here at the Magdalen House. And I'm very honored today to have uh, Floyd here. Floyd is the only guy on our family support group and we lean on him a lot. Uh, I, I believe he was just here last week planting rose bushes for us around the house and he does a lot of things for us, including utilize his recovery uh, tools to help family members. So we are very honored to have Floyd and I wanted to let everybody know that this is a special uh, podcast for Father's Day that's going to run in June and that's one of the reasons we had Floyd here. We would have had him around anyway. But I wanted you to introduce yourself, Floyd, and talk a little bit about your family dynamic and and how old Squirt was when the alcoholism creeped into your family. And if you could just talk about that, that'd be great. Awesome. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for the opportunity. So many years ago, uh, back in 1996, uh, Buttercup and I, I affectionately call my wife Buttercup. Uh, That's not what I used to call her. And... uh, my sponsor told me he wouldn't sponsor me if I kept calling her the little four-letter and five-letter words. So uh, I say all that to say, you know, uh, Carolyn and I got married back in 91, and uh, it looked to me like a match made in heaven. She was drinking a six-pack of Mickey's Big Mouth, and I was drinking a Crown and Coke. Uh, I, I, quickly, I quickly found out that, uh, you know, I don't know about me cutting it off, but uh, my drinking, but uh, Buttercup wouldn't stop. She wouldn't stop. And uh, that started a process for the next five years of uh, a whole lot of, a whole lot of problems. Uh, we literally tried to destroy one another. And uh, through a geographical cure, uh, I didn't know much about them, I didn't think. But uh, I relocated to a dry county because I just knew a dry county would make things better. And uh, Did that work? It did, it did not. That I'm, was just I, one of your it, many plans. It, that was just one of the many fiascos, the rabbit trails that we ran down trying to manage alcoholism. And uh, uh, let's see, uh, there was a couple of car wrecks in there, and uh, I, I managed to burn our house down. And... Uh, and then another couple of car wrecks, and uh, Carolyn, with the assistance of three officers and myself, uh, wound up in a treatment center. Uh, when she got out of treatment that first time, I remember halfway coming back home that uh, she looked at me and said, you know, I just don't know that I want to be married to you anymore. And a counselor at the treatment center on a, on a family day had suggested that uh, rather abruptly, I'm pretty strong-minded, pretty opinionated. I was a lot worse back then. Suggested that I find an Al-Anon group, and uh, I did at the Preston group. Uh, They were talking a whole lot about feelings, and that wasn't something that I was really accustomed to talking about. So I didn't go back to that group. 
Uh, I did, however, wind up at the Waxahachie Al-Anon group. And uh, in that meeting, they continued to ask me about feelings. They continued <laughs> to talk about their feelings. And uh, man, I just couldn't, I just couldn't even look at my own. Uh, there was so much destruction, so, so much pain that uh, it was hard. It was it was absolutely hard. Uh, she wasn't doing what I what I wanted her to do, and I was definitely not doing what she wanted me to do. But through that loving interchange that I found in that in that little Al-Anon meeting, I found out about what the disease of alcoholism was. I, I didn't know what it was. I thought I knew. I thought it had something to do with a choice. If she loved me, she would stop. All these different things. That was so far from the truth, and. Through that, through that process, uh, that started, started us on a journey of recovery. People loved us unconditionally, and uh, no one ever told us what not to do or to do. They shared their experience, and uh, their experience specifically with working the 12 steps. And that rocked along for a long time, uh, for, a, for a really long time, 20 years worth. I saw great events happen within that 20-year period, uh, six years in, into working the 12 steps in our lives individually. We were told not to stay out of each other's program. We were also told no major decisions your first year. Divorce was high on her list, and it was high on mine that first year, and uh, we were told that that wasn't a good idea. People shared their experience. We continued to work the steps, and Five years in it, into it, you know, our family was much better, Buttercup and I, and this this recovery community that had grown up in and around us. And restitution had been made to a few places, and creditors and family, families were reunited. My, my dad, my mom, uh, her folks, her dad and mom at the time. We decided we'd had multiple, multiple ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages because our credit had been restored by working the 12 steps, by making restitution. I was able to save up a little bit of money and do in vitro, and it failed the first time. Okay. But Buttercup didn't find out about it until 30 days. She got a false positive on a test. Okay. The doctors thought that she was pregnant. And uh, so for 30 days, she thought, man, it finally worked, right? We were both. I was, I was surprised because uh, I really didn't think that the God that I understood at the time wanted this lineage to continue, and uh, and I was comfortable with that somewhat. When it when it failed, when she met me there on the back porch that day, and I saw and I saw the look in her face. I, it didn't matter to me whether I worked ten jobs or twenty jobs. We were going to figure out how to do it again. Sure. So we both prayed about it and and pulled a second mortgage on the house and did in vitro again. And we were blessed with a son. That would be Squirt. So that would be Squirt. Uh, squirt will always be Squirt. He's 300, he's 300 pounds now. And uh, he's a power lifter, third year in college. And uh, But before we get there, when he was 15... Buttercup had a relapse, and it was it was it was a bad relapse. Things and how got long bad. was she sober up until that point? Carolyn, mm-hmm. fifteen years. Okay. Uh, well, excuse me, twenty years at that point. 
we've been married now for 31. Gotcha. And uh, so at 20 years, uh, she relapsed. Uh, that set in that set in motion uh, things that I I would have never dreamed would have ever happened. Uh, you know, I hear in the rooms that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, and that, that it's a progressive disease. And I find out that to be true. I watched I watched a lady that that loved her son more than anything. Uh, I watched the trust between the family between all of us. Uh, deteriorate over time. It things got really bad, and Squirt would always look at me and say, "Dad, you know we just got to do something. We got to do something." I was talking to my sponsor just as much as I could every day. It uh, the counseling counseling it, it wasn't what he expected. It he didn't he wasn't comfortable with it. So, uh, but what he was comfortable with was my sponsor. Uh, my sponsor's like his like his. Godfather. Godfather. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and they connected. So I would just sit back and just leave the room and just let them talk. Uh, that seemed to give Denton a little bit of uh, comfort. And uh, although things didn't didn't get better for a little while, and I would I would I would do some of the things that it suggests in the book. Uh, I'd leave I'd leave my big book sitting around. And then I'd get off work, and they'd come back home, and all the big books in the house would be put up. Uh, she, she, Buttercup didn't want she didn't want anything to do with it. And uh, but it took what it took. I, I attempted not to rationalize, justify, uh, shame. That was really big early on. Uh, back before I knew what the disease was, that doesn't mean that everything was pleasant. It definitely was not pleasant. But it did mean that I tried to stay out of the way as much as I could. I remember uh, that Denton came to me one day after work and he said, Mom stole my car. Oh. And uh, I said, where did you leave your keys? He said, they were in my bedroom. I said, you need to find a better hiding spot. Uh, because, you know, when an alcoholic has to take, has to drink, they, 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 they don't have a choice. And, uh, so we, we did the things that we needed to do to protect ourselves and, and to protect her as much as we could, uh, but it still give her the rope that she needed to do what it was that she needed to do. How long was she out there? A couple of years. Yeah. We had, because we had been around the program for so long, uh, we I, we knew of some good places. And I just left a phone number on a, on a little sticky note. And in that one little brief intermission, if you will, that one little glimpse of a little bit of dryness, uh, said, hey, I left a note on the table for you. Buttercup made that first phone call to, to Maggie's, and I drove her. I drove her to the old the old Redwood Circle place. And I tried not to have expectations and hopes, um, but I still did. The squirt didn't want to talk to her. He didn't. He didn't like AA. He didn't trust AA. He didn't trust the twelve steps. He didn't trust any of it. But that was his deal, and uh, I, I didn't try to force it and or anything. And uh, do you think that's because he it didn't work in his opinion? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For a year and a half, Carolyn had some dry time. I did my best to stay stay out of their relationship uh, unless it came down to boxing gloves. But eventually, when she relapsed again, 
it was just bad. Uh, Carolyn's now been sober, been sober in recovery. Uh, there and there is a distinct difference between sobriety and sober. Sure. And it's and it's really evident. It uh, the evidence is just absolutely overwhelming. The negativity goes away. There's there's actually hope. You know, people can share what's on their heart uh, without being condemned. So the the second relapse was was hard. I've been really active in a lot of different things uh, because of recovery in in Al-Anon and AA. And uh, my son saw me put on my backpack one morning, one evening, one evening, day pack, and uh, just like a backpack that you'd take to the office with you. And he knew that if I put on my my day pack, I was going somewhere, and I'm liable not to be back for a couple hours. And he looked at me and he said, hey, Dad, where are you going? I said, buddy, you know, I'd, I'd done everything that I could think of doing. I'd, I'd, ta- I'd discussed it with my sponsor. I'd worked the steps on it. Uh, there was just nothing left. Uh, I tried to set up boundaries. But Buttercup was going to drink, and it wasn't a pleasant kind of drink. It was uh, the negativity in the house was over the top. We were just, it, Denton was being affected. It, he had already moved out and come back. And uh, and this was at 15. Mm-hmm. This is when he's 15. He's, he looked at me and he said, well, can I go with you? I don't yeah. want to stay here. And I said, well, absolutely, you can go. And, and it, you know, God God was in amongst uh, those plans that day. And uh, it wasn't very far from the house where we moved to and uh, to a temporary to a temporary location. And uh, it was for however long it needed to be. Sure. Uh, and then a series of events happened that were clearly insp- inspirational. I was I was pretty much confronted with uh, uh, that it was time for me to go home. That it was pretty selfish of me to to think that uh, I should remove Denton from his home because he had his room, and that if something needed to happen, it would it have to be another step uh, by some power greater than me to remove Buttercup from the house. And she didn't want to go. She didn't want to go. So under that suggestion, I, I went back to the house and, and Squirt came back. Buttercup looked at me and she said, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. I'm interfering with her time, right? Right. Uh, the next day, she she made a phone call to Maggie's. That was uh, look, uh, just a little bit over three years ago. That's awesome. Uh, since that time, sobriety has taken on a whole new meaning for the home. Did so, it, did it, how did Denton take it when she went to Maggie's? Was he relieved that the second time she went? He or? didn't. He didn't want to talk to her. He just didn't want to talk to her. Mm-mm. No. But he's come around. I've seen him. So how? Did, oh, absolutely. How did that? How did that happen? Are you a loved one of an alcoholic? Our family support group serves as a community for friends loved ones, and family members of alcoholics to learn about alcoholism, understand how to help an alcoholic, and experience an improved quality of life regardless of the alcoholic's recovery. We have weekly support meetings that meet virtually and in person, as well as a monthly speaker meeting. To find out more about our family support group, visit magdalenhouse.org slash family. So I had... When when I when I picked those spiritual tools back up, when I really started sponsoring other people, that meant that I was there was a lot of people coming to the house. 
then started forming relationships with some of these other people that I was sponsoring. And of course he had, he had Kenny and he had other people that had known him all of his life. And he, I think he saw those things. Matter of fact, I know he saw those things without me ever promoting it at all. Because he would ask me, he would ask me when he went out, when he went off to college, well, how's Greg? How's David? How, how are people? People that he had met through me. I think that those things had a huge part. You know, recovery happens whenever, uh, for me, whenever I carry the message to others because I can't keep it unless I give it away. And that means that our, you know, our, our lives are pretty much open book. And Denton saw the saw other people recovering uh, slowly. Buttercup went through the, the the two weeks, and two weeks is enough. It is enough it here is. at Maggie's. It at Maggie's is and, uh, uh, and she did the next step, and she started sponsoring other people, and, and then he started seeing those things happen, right? So mom and dad are doing something different. I remember he, he looked at us one day and he said, Mom, Dad, y'all didn't smoke, you didn't drink, you didn't do anything and up until the time he was 15. And then what his what is going on? His whole world got turned upside down. And uh, I, I would have never wished any of that for him. But nevertheless, it happened. And now it's the best thing that's ever happened. Isn't that right? Uh, he does things that are just absolutely amazing. Uh, what it's taken me decades to learn through the program, he picks it up and it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about whether y'all drink or not. I'm okay. Uh, he has his own, he has his own friends. He has his own relationships with a power greater than himself. And you know, he, he, he makes it. Now he's still a young guy. He's, of course, now he's approaching 22 rapidly. I couldn't, I couldn't be more blessed to to have the family that I've been given. It's not all been peaches and cream. It's not all been dancing in the tulips or rolling around in the daisies. But watch, watching someone, i.e. Buttercup, recover, watching Denton change from the person sitting on the back porch that day, uh, wondering how he could even live life, to watching somebody being enthused about life, regardless of how his parents are doing. Right, and things are great, but now he has a different. He he applies these same twelve steps in his life, uh, like a normal person. Gotcha. Right, he's not ate up with guilt, shame, and remorse. So Carolyn went to the to Maggie's twice. Mm-hmm. Who found Maggie's, and how did y'all find it? I know you said you had you knew people that knew people, but how who how did that come about? It was because of the the community that I had. The, I knew about Maggie's. Of course, now, and I, and I need to make myself real clear that I didn't make the phone call to Maggie's. Good. Uh, that's, that's her deal. It's her deal. She was the one that had to reach out. So you just had heard about it through the program? Mm-hmm. Of being mm-hmm. in the rooms? and Absolutely. Absolutely. So your, your own 12-step program, will you describe your journey in that and how you got to that? <laughs> Well, it was that counselor at the treatment center. It was oh, okay. He told you to go to Al-Anon, and yeah. then the counselor was standing up in the middle of an auditorium, and there was about sixty family members in the room, and uh, it was on a family day, and and he was explaining the disease of alcoholism and how it affected both the alcoholic and the family member. Man, I could relate to both sides of the equation. He told the audience that you either had to be here for yourself 
or for the alcoholic. But you could not be here for both. He said, man, would you do anything in the world for your wife? And I said, absolutely. He said, please take your ass to an al and uh, I knocked down 15 doors that day, finding one. Like I said, it was the Preston Group. And, uh, and then it eventually wound up being the Walsh Agile Anon Group. And I've continued to go there all these years, even through even through my own many relapse. Uh, my sponsor uh, that I did not pick, uh, that a higher power put in front of me, sure. uh, was both Al-Anon and AA. And his sponsor was both she, is both out and on in AA, and it, it just it just worked out that way. And I found out that there wasn't a right or a wrong, uh, but the twelve steps uh, work both for the alcoholic and for the alcoholic. And I I give Maggie's all the credit in the world for that little phrase. Because in, tw- in twenty years, I never heard the word alcoholic until I came to family support. Until I came to family support. So let's talk about family support. So. What has that done in your life and for your relationships with your son and and with your wife? Like, how does family support help you and what has that done for you? So, what has family support done? The better question would be, what has family support not done, right? It's done done everything. Today, I have a community of people who understand a whole lot lot about me. And we're we're joined together with one common goal. One common goal. Uh, to carry to carry our message to that still next sick and suffering person, and uh, you know I didn't know what I didn't know when I came in, all those all those years ago. I didn't know the hopelessness uh, that I felt. I didn't know how to express it, and uh, I wanted so desperately to to help, but I didn't know that my helping was hurting, and I didn't know how to. I didn't know that what I needed to do was help myself through applying those 12 steps in my life. That meant that I was going to, like family support, like y'all would say, uh, I was going to wind up staying in my own lane, right? Uh, I had to learn how to, that uh, she, Buttercup has a life, and it's distinct. It is very distinct to her, and so do I. So we get to walk down the street on separate sidewalks, and uh, and there are there are little cutovers where we meet. That's usually in the evenings and early in the mornings. And those are my favorite times of the day. Because it's the day, it, it's the times when we get to come together and talk about our day and, and what what miracles have happened in the day, right? How were we affected in the day through working these 12 steps in our lives? Buttercup and I don't always talk about, we definitely don't talk about each other's sponsees or any of those things, uh, but we do talk about the blessings. You know, uh, the recovery that she winds up seeing, uh, the recovery that I wind up seeing. Because of that, it winds up to be just exactly what the book uh, talks about, that uh, what used to be our single largest thing that was destroying us now becomes our principal asset. And it is truly our principal asset. Even for our son, he does this stuff. He he talks to his buddies that may have a problem. He said, man, I got a solution for it. <laughs> you know, if you want it, if you want it, and it's it's so amazing to get to watch recovery uh, in her, in him, and as my sponsor would say, you know, Floyd, you can't spot something you ain't got. You know, on both sides of the equation, both good and bad, right? 
but getting to watch others recover, watching families get reunited, uh, hearing family support, uh, getting to talk about what the disease is and what I used to think it it was, which was wrong, that it wasn't about it wasn't about a choice. They were drinking to overcome an obsession of the mind, which they had no power. Neither did I. And, you know, Buttercup, I would have done anything in the world for her back in the day. And I did. Uh, before I knew anything of the program. Whether she wanted it or not, you would have done anything for her. Well, I did. Yeah. I did whether she wanted it or not. Sure. Uh, but it took what it took. So, you know, for anybody that's out there, if there was, if there was one thing that I could share is that, that there's hope for something that seems so hopeless. It don't quit before the miracle happens. Uh, the hardest thing that I ever did was to pick up the big book and just read with somebody else that had the experience, that had the depth and weight. And uh, I'm so very grateful that, uh, that that sponsor was that person. That sponsor was that person that said, uh, well, this is how this affected me. How did it affect you, right? And we started having this conversation through the big book. And you as, talked about your feelings. Oh, yeah, they started coming naturally. Yeah. Why? Because he was so willing to to share his experience through his life, which was his feelings. He shared them so openly that I could start to share just a little bit of mine. And when I found that he didn't judge me or condemn me, I shared a little more. And then I would share a little bit more. Now, I'm a... I'm an East Texas country boy. I'm not going to give you anything that's going to hurt me, right? And I knew that if people knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. And that has been so such a lie that in recovery here, we don't judge one another. As Buttercup would say, my job, my only job, is to take that person's hand and place it in the hands of my higher power. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only job. And if my higher power can use my story to help anybody, it's definitely helped me because somebody did it with me. So it's it's absolutely amazing. The story of recovery, it's, it's limitless. Uh, every day, every day is something new. And that's not to say that it's all peaches and cream, but it's always new. It, things were bad. They were so bad. Early on, there were there were guns fired. There were uh, the police departments didn't want to come over. <laughs> you know, they were like uh, the people got a bad dog and they got guns and they're crazy. Uh, so, uh, and that's not the way life is today. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's unbelievable. I remember. I remember a time. I remember a time when I couldn't share it. Uh, you know, there was a stigma that came along with alcoholism that said that uh, these were bad people. Mm-hmm. Alcoholics, alcoholics or alanonics, either side of the equation. Uh, they're not bad people. Sick people suffering from a disease of which they have no power. And uh, the program, these 12 steps, uh, the Maglon House, best thing since bread and butter. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen any any recovery place quite like the Magdalene House. The people in this community live those 12 steps. They don't just work the 12 steps. They live the 12 steps. In family support, every every one of us on the leadership, if, if that's what you, on the committee, 
we'll call it committee. They all live and practice these 12 steps in their lives a day at a time. And because because of that, the brightest things is to watch children have a special place in my heart. Hence the reason for the long beard. I get to to do certain things every year. And I didn't used to do those things years ago before recovery. Uh, But I get to see uh, families reunited. Uh, Recovery happen in other families. Children, not just my own. If it was was just my own, that'd be enough. But it's more. To to watch somebody come in and... uh, uh, have that desperation uh, to love somebody so deeply that they just want the best for them and they want to be able to help. And, uh, and they don't to, know how. And they don't know how and they learn how. They, they learn how and then, and then you see them a month later or six months later and their whole demeanor has changed. Everything about them has changed. There's a story in the big book that's just, a, just exactly like this where Dr. Silkworth describes a person uh, that he had treated in a hospital. And he sees him a year later, and he has to admit to himself that he does not know this new man. Because once the person that stood before him, once defeated by everything in life, now stood before him a man, a person, brimming over with self-confidence. Uh, an enthusiasm for life. And uh, those are the things that I get to do today. You know, when my have-tos switch over to my get-tos, <laughs> something is astonishingly changed. That's awesome. And uh, it's awesome. Well, so you've been around this uh, Maggie's house, what, I guess, like, for, like, actively participating in family support for, like, four years now uh-huh. then? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... What's the most room? And I've seen you guys at all the events. I know we had like a chili cook-off last year and you won the whole thing. Uh, at Breakfast Club, I've seen you several that times. That was a group effort. Oh, good. I've seen you guys around. And so out of all the, the, the things that you've done here, what's the most rewarding moment that you've had from this community? And um, how has that also impacted your family? I, I wanted to, I wanted to, to help Carolyn years ago before recovery and I thought that what I was doing was helping and it wasn't right now this is what it looks like the most memorable thing that I can offer is uh, I, I had the opportunity to help the Magdalene house move from Redwood to here and that meant that I I took a I took a week as a week of my vacation and dedicated it to just the move. We were, we were. I was out here in the little courtyard here behind the new house, and Buttercup had gone over to the house in our SUV to pick up one carload of ladies, and somebody else was bringing. And it was that it was that little moment in time where the ladies in the house were going to be transitioning over to the new house. And I'm sitting out here, and I'm sweating and, and putting together tables and chairs. And a buttercup pulled up, and the other car pulled up, and the girls fell out of the car. And and uh, somebody in the house came up to me and said, "Oh, we're fixing to celebrate them arriving here at the new house. You need to come up here." And I and I couldn't. See, this is this is their 
this is their special place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just sit over there and I, I cried and I kept putting together tables and chairs. And uh, because it was just so, it's so amazing to, to know what's happening here that uh, some, some, some are going to recover. Some may relapse and some will make it back. Sometimes it might take a couple of tries, but recovery can happen. And it happens here all the time, all the time. I see it happen in the Walks Anchi group and at other groups and for other people. But I, man, it's abundant. It's so abundant here. I've shared that uh, with Squirt and Buttercup and and the communities in which I get to serve. Because of that, I've had other Encore employees that wanted to come help and do stuff, and they do. And and it's it's amazing. It's amazing to watch this. And you know, Lisa, Lisa probably coined it best. You know, this living out loud thing. Uh, I remember the first day that Buttercup said that she was going to live out loud. You know, I, I don't know how out loud I live, but people, people, most people know me, and they, they, they know that uh, if you if you got a problem with this thing, I can't help you, but I can tell you what I did. Sure. And uh, I can take you to places that might be able to help if you're willing but for the new folks the new folks coming into Maggie's the new family members that the, there's hope there's hope here uh, just don't quit before the miracle happens that's awesome so we have one last question that I want to ask you and it's just basically kind of just summing it all up if someone was considering coming to the Magdalene house for help in the house or or just help you know with their family uh, what is something you would want to share with them that you think they might find helpful? Like, or what, how, what, what would you say to them? Well, it's, it's really kind of a two-part question for the family member, for the new family member. It's what the disease is, that education, yeah. that education about what the disease is. What I thought that it was, it wasn't. Uh, what I, uh, the experiences that I, that, that I, that I have been given I attempt to share with others but you know if I could sum it all up to for both groups the alcoholic and the al and the alanonic would be that it's the most best and worst thing that's ever going to happen in your life it feels like the worst thing but it's going to wind up to be the best thing I don't know always know what's good for me but this 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 program this community uh, they're going to love you unconditionally. They're going to accept you. Uh, just come. If you've got a problem, if you've got a problem with alcoholism, whether you're an alcoholic or you're a affected family member, recovery can happen. And it happens here every Wednesday, every Thursday, every birthday night, every anniversary party. It happens in this community all the time. So it's the more you give, the more you receive. It's counterintuitive to the way that I was raised. You know, I used to be, used to think that it, well, if I give it away, what am I going to have? Uh, now it's like I can't give it away and because my bucket keeps getting filled back up. So I give away can't more give it away fast no, enough. You can't. Yeah, it's absolutely impossible. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Floyd, for being here with us today. And just like Floyd said, we meet on Wednesday nights at mm -hmm. 630 
here at the at the Magdalene House for family support, and that's open to anyone that loves an alcoholic or has a, a alcoholic in their life. And then I know there's a meeting um, on Zoom at noon on Thursdays. That's always a good meeting to go to. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here, Floyd, and thanks for everything you do for the Magdalene House. You're awesome, Lori. Keep thank it up. This has been Hope for the Family, hosted by Lori Evans and brought to you by the Magdalene House. I am Diana Miller, host of our Recover Ed podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new release from one of our four series. To learn more about the Magdalene House and the services we offer, please visit magdalenehouse.org or follow us on your favorite social media channels.